there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Chaos Theory has been nuts. Mm -hmm. I've really been enjoying playing and uh, yeah, it's been a really cool week. It has been an intense takeover to say the least and it's only getting crazier. We got a fun episode today. This episode is sponsored by Redesign and today we are talking about how Apex has changed over the last two years. Who are the winners of losers because of these changers? And we're also going to be sprinkling in a little bit of news on the Saturday episode, which doesn't normally happen. So don't get used to it, though. Before we do any of that, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. And a pretty big announcement in terms of streaming uh, and YouTube and actually kind of doing something that has been requested of us for a long time by a huge portion of the audience. Uh, and so Henry and I, we've been streaming uh, on YouTube for about eight months. That's a lot of fun, but if we want to continue streaming, uh, we are going to try moving over to Twitch for more consistency, more interaction with the community, a faster path to monetizing it a little bit so it makes a bit more sense for Henry and I. So if you want us to continue streaming, please go over to Twitch and follow us, Third Party Pod. Uh, we're going to be streaming a ton in April, trying to make a mad dash sprint towards affiliate. If we can make it, we're going to keep streaming. If we don't, we're probably going to stop streaming and focus on what we do best, the podcast. So you've all been asking for it. Sub to the third party pod, Twitch. You've all been asking for it. Sub to the third party pod on Twitch. Hopefully we'll see you guys over there. You know, streaming is a ton of fun. Like Shay said, I hope that we can continue to do it. Um, it kind of just has come to a point where we're getting really busy. We're growing our team. We have a pretty sizable staff at this point. And we'll likely be expanding it uh, for Twitch if it can be successful. Definitely. Let's rattle off some five-star reviews. First review coming from Anonymous5544. Five-star review. The best podcast. Oh, man. Ever since I started listening, I got 300 kills on Octane and the 2K badge and some great times. Love it. Happy to hear you're having some success. Next and last five-star review coming from JP Craigan. The Third Party is the best podcast, and here's why. Hosted by Henry and Shay, The Third Party covers everything from news, weapons, to legends, to map rotations, and power positions. Their tips are useful to first-week players and new players alike. They are really involved with their community and have reached out to many social medias from Instagram to Discord. They have both reached Diamond in some seasons. It's a very comfortable environment to just sit down and listen to the pod. 10 out of 10. P.S. I've really picked up Gibby over Path for Ranked. And got back-to-back -back wins with him. I've had a lot of fun playing him. And was wondering if you had any tips since you have a lot of experience playing him. I mean, I know I am the most experienced Gibby player that we've ever had. So here, let me break it down. For <laughs> Thanks, Take it away. JP. That was a great intro to the show. Mm -hmm. like, that was a really well-crafted. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, Gibby's great. Gibby life all day. Um, we actually have a Mastering the Legends of Gibby, which is sitting at just nearly a year old. Still mm -hmm. holds up. Great play style. I can say that uh, if you're playing Gibby, own that tank roll. You know, use the gun shield. Uh, go in first. Close quarters. Definitely where you want to be. Getting familiar with that bubble fight um, is really important. But I was in, I was kind of intimidated by people saying like, oh, bubble fight, bubble fight. Mm -hmm. You have to learn this timing and the ADSing. Just use the bubble. Like yeah. use the bubble. Be aggressive with it. Um, and not just throwing it at people, but throwing it quick to get those uh, 
revives off uh, and just kind of being good, being fast being as Gibby good. is really what makes you good because he gives you an edge, but you really have to use it um, and be smart because he's a big guy. Well said. A lot of what Henry said in that Mastering the Legends is incredibly prevalent still today. So go check that out for a real detailed breakdown. We're going to dive into some news this Saturday. First piece of news, we got the Marksman Rifle category that was spotted in the dev stream. Uh, obviously, we kind of have a couple that fit in the 3030 and the G7. But does that mean that maybe we're getting more future guns in that Marksman Rifle category? You would assume so, you mm-hmm. know, you'd either assume that or you would assume that we might be getting some new assault rifles and yeah. that they need to make some room in that class. Um, and so this is a cool thing. Who knows? Uh, sometimes these teasers, uh, you know, are long, long ways out. There's mm-hmm. still things that have been teased that we have not seen now a year later. So oh, narrow. Yeah. It, sometimes it's you don't want to get too excited about these, but it also could happen, you know, next season. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll keep you guys posted. Next piece of news. Low profile to potentially be removed from every legend eventually. So when asked for Watson to be the next legend to have low profile removed, Daniel Klein responded by saying, my goal is to remove it from every character in the game eventually, but we got to figure out how to nerf lifeline before we can do that. That's the quote. Really, really interesting thoughts. I want to just take a couple minutes to talk about low profile because we always, you know, define it again for the people just in case they don't know before we dive into it. Low profile legends take 5% more damage and for their limb shots, it actually counts as body damage. So low profile has been a story of what does it do for Henry and I? Was it a balancing tool? Was it a hitbox tool? We were kind of confused for a long time on where it fit in what it meant for the game and so now we are kind of hearing that it is a balancing tool when someone has power and they're on the smaller size we are going to put low profile on them because that's the best way to kind of limit the power in a way but that means in order to take it off we have to either have them fail because other legends are playing better or we need to remove power from them and so interesting that lifeline was the example because, you know, people have been saying, like, for a long time, why do these legends have low profile? Like, 5% doesn't do anything. Like, why does Pathfinder have it? Who just got it removed as well? Low profile is one of the most interesting things. And it's crazy as well because they regret it. Like, they have talked about how they regret making legends with so many different hitbox sizes because it's the hardest part to balance in the game. They wish that everyone was the same size. And that's why recently all the legends have been around that same mid-size no fortified no low profile so interesting to see that we're working towards a land though where there's no low profile i think that it's pretty interesting uh, to say as a goal we're gonna completely remove it out of the game yeah um just because it seems like you're gonna have to really shift some abilities in order to just uh validate that mm-hmm. like you could do it tomorrow and i think everyone would adjust and feel okay but I think internally they have to do more in order to actually get there. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the timeline in for the, is for this. But what I think is fascinating is, okay, this is a goal for low profile. I get it. On Watson, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's okay if she doesn't have it. We did think that it was just fair. Like if you had low profile, uh, that means that now you're kind of in line and you're time to kill your shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I think this gets into a pretty interesting conversation when you start talking about fortified. Yeah. 
Because if you remove Fortified mm-hmm. from Caustic, I think it's going to be pretty difficult for you not to add some serious power. I, I think that Fortified 15%, the power you would have to add, like you're kind of saying, mm-hmm. is a lot more significant than the power you need to take away to remove the 5%. So it is yeah. a crazy discussion. And so he's not talking about it mm-hmm. you know, right now, but I think it's in this kind of realm of conversation of hitbox balancing, low profile and fortified. But I'm worried that if you take that away from Gibraltar and Caustic, you're going to see them really kind of dominate almost mm-hmm. in the meta. Oh. Uh, just because it's brutal. So I kind of, I was shocked by this. I didn't feel like they wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. I thought they kind of were hard set on this perspective that, this is a hitbox thing. This is not a buff. Mm-hmm. It's not a nerf. It's not a balancing tool, um, except for when it is. And now they're saying it absolutely is, and mm-hmm. it pretty much always was. So we always, we try to report the news as mm-hmm. fast as possible, get on top of kind of what's going on. But this is kind of breaking news in terms of uh, hitbox balancing and time to kill mm-hmm. on Legends. Just across the perspective the board. of the game that really the is. designers have. And so that is a very interesting piece of news. and. We'll be revisiting this at a later date. Uh, changes coming to Horizon, more of them. When asked why Horizon only got a small nerf despite her having the best win rate in the game, Daniel Klein responded on Reddit by saying, we weren't ready with the big nerf for Horizon, so we shipped what we had first. Bigger nerf coming soon, hopefully season 9, but no guarantees. I thought it was interesting to hear this, considering they talked about how changing Horizon was going to be easy, turning some dials mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and so it sounds like they might actually have more stuff in mind that is a bit more difficult to implement and so i'm interested to see what comes with this i'm very very curious as to what might be on the horizon for horizon um, oh you killed that it just kind of flowed <laughs> it just really came off the tongue um but what i think is crazy is that chaos theory you know we're here at this collection event we knew that a lot was going to happen mm-hmm. and we had a lot of speculation on to what legends were going to get major changes and really nothing happened except for a major change to the Mastiff mm-hmm. and a major change to Caustic. And both of those things had pretty much come around in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Really short-term things that seemed to have had to be identified and solved in a really short time period, much shorter than maybe this Horizon idea. So interesting to kind of see maybe what this event would have looked like if yeah. there wasn't some drama around the Mastiff and Caustic, which was really stimulated by a small group of people and mm-hmm. I don't think felt across the board. But just interesting, kind of where resources are and how this whole collection was shaped by a short-term thing and that all these other changes are just getting pushed back mm-hmm. majorly. Not even close. Like, it's it's going to be really interesting. Last piece of news, new platform that has arrived in the firing range. Is this the start of a teaser maybe for a legend? I know you were talking about how this would be the earliest we've had a teaser start in a long time. Uh, and then I don't know, we, it looks kind of like the ship landing pad and air base is kind of the first impression of it. We also have people in our Discord kind of throwing the idea of it's a Titan-sized little maybe docking zone kind of thing. Uh, drop in for Titanfall main. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it definitely seems interesting. It definitely looks like where a drop ship would land. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be, you know, ultra exciting. Um, you know, some kind of crazy theories are uh, maybe Blisk is coming in and he's, you know, in a ship mm-hmm. and he's going to make this cool entrance. Um, that could be cool. Or maybe we have Valk come into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she, maybe he, I think we're set on the fact that it's a she, mm-hmm. um, but she kind of has these flying abilities, hover abilities, so she could fly in very well too. Yeah. So some theories here. Don't want to shoot down the idea of the Titan, even though we have Not no likely. indication yeah. <laughs> that a Titan is in the game files or will be in the game files ever. Um, so definitely things to look at. This is a very early teaser though, so there'll definitely be more coming soon. Keep your eye on it for sure, and we'll keep you updated when we learn more. Let's talk about a year's review of Apex Legends. Yeah, we're just going to chat about kind of how the game has changed over the last year. This is something that we wanted to do at the end of 2020, but we just had so much going on and we wanted to get our one year anniversary of the podcast done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now I think it's a great time to kind of look at how the game's changing and then try to pinpoint who are the winners and losers? A lot of times people kind of feel like, oh, there's a certain group in the Apex community that the game revolves around, that changes are made for, and maybe that's not me, and I feel upset about that. So we're going to talk about all the changes that we think are pretty uh, pretty significant. There's been a lot that's happened on the whole mm-hmm. year. We're not going to, you know, not going to cover everything. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be too crazy. But we're just going to kind of look at some major changes and try to sort them out a little bit and see. How is this game evolving, and who are the real winners and losers? What are we starting with? Starting with armor, which is a big, big thing. Big one to start with. Uh, So in this last year, we have Evo armor, or as you may not have actually connected the dots, Evolution armor. You (laughs) evolve it. Very cool name. Thank you. Evo armor um, is now permanent in the game uh, after, uh, you know, not being initially. Um, But we also uh, had increase the damage requirement in order to earn red evo uh, which is 125 hit points um, so it's kind of now harder uh, mm-hmm. to get the highest level um, and then at the same time uh, in this last year we also implemented the replicator and the crafting system that allows you to evolve your armor uh, with crafting not just damage so armor has shifted a lot in the last year um, what have you been your thoughts about it it is revolutionary to what we were expecting going into this year uh i never envisioned us having something higher than purple like purple was the max that's just the way of life that's how it was uh and that's no longer the case you now have the extra 25 health if you deal out some damage or craft a lot Uh, and that's just different from a time to kill in the game you know how you might position and play those kind of end circles as well this change was very big Honestly, it was a long time, not coming, but a long time discussed, I believe. Like we had the LTMs, we had people kind of circulating the ideas. We've talked about it in the past, like what would the game look like with Evo Armor being permanent? And I'm happy to say it looks pretty healthy. Like I think it's in a pretty dang good spot with permanent Evo Armor. It rewards a lot of people. It doesn't hurt the people that are not pushing fights, not dealing damage. This has been one of my favorite additions over the course of the year. And honestly, the extra 25 health has not been as drastically impactful as I thought it might be. Uh, You know, and they even 
changed the whole armor value there for a little bit to kind of play around with that and having purple be what we now know as blue like there was that weird change in there for a second that was a whack time to kill change and that was kind of predicated on the fact that people can't have that much health but that was walked back we're where we are now and i think it's pretty healthy what about you i think it really is i mean i think about season six as a as a season that a lot of people skipped yeah you know Mm -hmm. we saw a lot of people uh kind of move away from apex but so much happened in season six Mm -hmm. like really a crazy season in terms of map changes in terms of game mechanics and that's when we got this permanent evo and the replicator which really have been incredible changes to the entire last year of apex Mm -hmm. their their effect just has rippled through every element of the game for i think all skill levels yeah it's definitely not something that has been stuck with and only applied positively to the one skill group and so that's kind of one of those changes where we look at it and we're like yeah that's a win-win-win for everyone involved uh and even like little things like you get armor kind of off drop Mm -hmm. just by dealing damage like you don't have to go find that common you can build it yourself adding a bit more skill into that but also still not taking away the fact that you can just most likely find armor and so if you're not as great you still want to find the armor either way so there's been great balancing both ways to keep it for the beginners and the experts and putting them together in a way i love how it actually did that in order to speed up the looting process yeah but also it also slows down the game a little bit to encourage people to farm damage a little bit in Mm -hmm. order to level it up so i think the pacing of the game has been really balanced well with the armor in the last year definitely Next, we're going to talk about Legends, and this is going to be pretty brief. You know, we spend pretty much every week talking about Legends, yeah. uh, but essentially, we got four Legends in the last year, Loba, Rampart, Horizon, Fuse, a very unique roster, mm-hmm. um, and let's just kind of chat a little bit about kind of their impact on the game, maybe uh, who who benefited the most, and maybe how their kits impacted the play style of apex yeah i think i have two main thoughts around these legends i look at these four legends and i see loba and i say her story launched something special for me this year in apex and a interest in the lore of the games the trailer the conversation with revenant the voice lines i think that was next level stuff from what they'd been doing and so Yes, her kit has some issues here and there. It's come a long way since when it was out. But the character herself, from a story perspective, I think is very impactful on where the future of the game goes, the expectations for the legends behind her. Because of Loba, Rampart was not perceived very well by a lot of people for a ton of other reasons. And then the second thing I'll throw on, uh, and then you can maybe give your comments, is the introduction of Horizon was the first time we had a powerful legend introduced into the game and that is shifting in that the team was apparently able to look at that and say yeah that was a great thing to do that impacted the game in a positive way and we're going to hopefully lean on the side of that being the way we go with things more likely than not which is just overall going to be great for the game and new legends because we've run into issues so many times where legends come into the game and Don't stay relevant for extended periods of time at all. Fuse, I think, might be caught in that kind of middle zone of like they were still kind of learning about Horizon. But I'm very curious to see what the next legend we get. Is this one going to be released with extra power 
to kind of echo that impact that Horizon had. I think that it's definitely something to look at with some with some focus in mm-hmm. terms of do they want Legends to come out strong with a bang? Um, because Fuse really did not come out strong with a bang. You saw his kit; it is not overcranked. You know, they could have easily given a second charge of the tactical. They could yeah. have easily tweaked the ultimate in order to be more powerful. So, you know, I think that it's interesting, and especially talking about this right now at eight point one, where they could have done something. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they can't even do something for Horizon. Mm-hmm. That they're kind of behind. That they released a, a strong legend, community-wise strong. They shifted the meta. They wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. They wanted to bring down Wraith. They did that. Horizon was good, but we can't. We they might not be able to put another legend out there like that because yeah. they can't even control the one that they did. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe if they do that again. It's going to be in a while, like maybe season 10, they'll do that big. But season nine, I feel like they're still behind mm -hmm. on their current legend balancing. I think a key thing with Horizon is that I think it's easy to crank a movement character Mm -hmm. and for the public to perceive a movement character as incredibly impactful and positive. It takes a lot more for someone like Loba, Rampart, or Fuse to be meta shifting. But when someone comes in with movement, that fits into the game of apex and the movement ability behind it. And then they just crank that a bit. You're going to, it's easier to feel, I think is what I'm trying to say versus kind of some of these other more cerebral characters. No doubt. Absolutely. I I think that Lobo was a really great addition to the game. Allowing kind of this loot focus was something that I don't think anyone really asked for. And maybe nobody really cares about Mm -hmm. it, but for some people it's amazing. And I really enjoy playing her and where she is right now. I think it's great, not only for, you know, maybe newer players that are maybe a little slower or, Mm -hmm. you know, are learning kind of the looting mechanics. I think Loba is a great bet to have on the team at least, Um, but she's even really fun. And I think that there's a skill ceiling for her that uh, you can get pretty dang good at using the lag market in lots of different situations, mastering that bracelet and how to really play to its strengths. Um, And I feel the same about Rampart. I think Rampart is really strong. I won't bore people, but (laughs) essentially like, I think this was a solid year of really cool legends that have made it to a point where they have a unique place in Mm -hmm. the game. None of them except for Horizon have made it to the upper echelons Mm -hmm. of Apex. They haven't like, you know, been the face of the game uh, to say, but they're cool. I think these are cool legends. Take it with a grain of salt, but uh, Loba's my highest KD character. (laughs) <laughs> look at that effectiveness you Effective. gotta, i mean you stay back yep. you don't be mm-hmm. crazy higher kd run away easy like, sure mm-hmm. uh next thing to kind of just chat a little bit about for legends is we got some big big changes to recon legends with the survey beacons and you know you don't hear a lot of overt talking about it unless mm-hmm. it's on our show yeah <laughs> um but this is something that everyone has felt you know mm-hmm. with bloodhound and crypto this was a major thing uh, in the last year of Apex and I think really shifted how people play the game. It was such an impactful change from our perspective to see it kind of go by and not really be noticed by a lot of people, except for maybe those ALGS folks that really dive into the survey beacon. It was kind of an interesting thing for us to take a step back and learn and realize a lot of people still don't use that survey beacon, even as valuable as it is on path. They weren't using it. And so now it's used as a little buff to everyone else. 
And we honestly saw it as a huge nerf to Pathfinder and just his uniqueness as a character. And so I think the survey beacon change is definitely more impactful to us and our audience, you all that are listening right now. Uh, But still, if you're new to the show, just understand how big of a change that was for the way you play the game to win, essentially, and ranked and in those pub games, you really want to get the dubs in. If you go back to one of our very first episodes where we ranked the legends in season four, back when we did that, Mm -hmm. we made the claim that the survey beacon, we broke it up by ability. So we ranked the passives, tacticals, and ultimates separately and then kind of ranked them all together. Mm Kind of cool. But we said, if you want to win games, the strongest passive to win games is the survey beacon. And that's a pretty big thing to mm-hmm. to give to crypto and bloodhound and the fact that crypto can do it better than anyone else and yeah. faster is just really really cool he's in an interesting spot and kind of speaking of the recon uh bloodhound this last year of apex mm-hmm. i would say has been the year of bloodhound i don't know what the chinese new year has been for us this year but in my apex world it has been the year of bloodhound good fortune for all yes you know we we were kind of i would say we were more on the early adopter side mm-hmm. of this kind of bloodhound hype um we were hyping bloodhound before complexity started playing bloodhound that's true. And that started hyping bloodhound even more yeah um we were we tried to be early you know we saw these changes happen uh, as they were because we were reading the patch notes we just started the podcast a couple of months weeks before um man bloodhound's been great I think that they're in a great spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's going to be any drastic shifts. I love playing Bloodhound. My current team composition is, I think it's essential to have a Gibraltar and a Bloodhound. Mm-hmm. Other than that, do whatever you want. <laughs> I think you can have a lot of flexibility, but in my personal game, I feel like I am not setting myself up for success if I don't have a Bloodhound. Yeah, Bloodhound right now for Henry and I, they are fitting into a place where it's like, I'm not playing great. I'm going to go play some Bloodhound. Like, it's just easy. It's a sure thing. It's consistent. It's fantastic. They're in a great spot. I hope we don't see any Bloodhound changes anytime soon, honestly. Next changes to the last year or so of Apex have been to the loot. Um, Crazy. We've seen some pretty drastic shifts. Um, And some of these are really small. So don't make fun of us too much. Uh, but essentially the first one is we saw a change in how many grenades you can carry uh, from two to one per slot. Big change. We also saw that now you can only carry two shield batteries and med kits when you used to be able to carry three per slot. But then at the same time as that, we also got an increase in the amount of base inventory slots of two. You used to only have eight slots and they changed it to 10 without a bag. It's crazy. Like now it's just ingrained in me that a grenade is a slot and two bass is a slot. Like, and that's just how it is. That feels right. It doesn't feel like I miss it a lot. And I think the grenade one was big because there was a lot of concerns about grenade spam kind of being the way the game goes. You have to play Watson if you want to win late game. Like there was a lot of controversy around that. And going about balancing it in this way from decreasing the amount you can hold, I think is a really good way of doing it. Very successful. I don't hear a lot of people complaining about grenades right now. And so I think uh, those changes all together, it really improved the health of the game. Yeah, I think that it's so interesting that these changes happened and everyone sees the grenades and the bats like 
pretty clearly. Yeah. But I think people forget that the inventory slots were changed. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me because you could have been carrying three bats in one inventory slot. And this change said, okay, you can still have two shield batteries in that slot, but you also get two extra slots. So you go from carrying three to six without having to give up anything, Mm -hmm. essentially, with this change. So I think that's interesting that your inventory capacity was increased to six batteries, but it is kind of seen as we now carry less batteries, but really we got more of everything with two extra slots. It was a cool way to look at it. They also in last year introduced mobile respawn beacons and heat shields, uh, you know, new loot items. And now we have this survival slot, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Honest, my honest opinion, like it's not super exciting, but over the last year, not impactful at all to the game. And I am hoping that the survival slot allows this gear and maybe another one if it's added over the course of the next year to actually play some role in the game. Like that would be my hope. And so I, Touch base with you in a year, guys. For sure. <laughs> you know, I, I think that one other change that's kind of like the survival is those ultimate accelerants being yeah. able to activate uh, without going into the inventory. Game changer. Massive. Love it, love it, love it. I really enjoy that. Um, also, in terms of kind of loot, touching back to the replicator. Now we don't have a weapons in there like it did mm-hmm. at release. Now it's just attachment attachments and permanent batteries. Game changer the batteries have been fantastic bar none absolutely crazy Mm -hmm. every night i go to sleep and i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna craft so many bats tomorrow (laughs) and i wake up the next day and do it like it's a real motivator for me like some people like put like respect on top of their like door frame and hit it every day i just put more batteries bats Bats. all day i just would live by the batteries so that's been big for me and has really shifted, I think, the entire loot pool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big deal onto what I carry uh, and what I think other people use. Um, yeah. Big heels are now more prominent. The replicator in general being introduced, um, very impactful to play style, not as significant with the weapons no longer being in there and just the attachments, but still a very big change just from the last year. And honestly, I've been a fan of it. I think I had concerns at the beginning, uh, but I really like where the game's at with the replicator right now. Next, they did some changes to ammo. Um, energy has kind of been increased uh, to, a, to be its normal, to be back to yeah. 60, uh, kind of on the ground. Um, used to only pick up 30 at a time, mm-hmm. which was kind of awkward. Um, so now that's kind of in line with heavy and light. And then sniper stacks uh, were increased to 12 per stack on the ground, which is a significant increase. There's now a lot more sniper ammo in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also decreased the stack size in your inventory of shotguns. So we've kind of had these shifts, um, kind of leaning more onto energy, more onto sniper, and less uh, in global ammo for shotguns. So kind of had some small changes. You know, hard to tell if they really felt, mm-hmm. but I can definitely say that. A year ago, snipers were not as uh, viable, and through all the turmoil that energy weapons have had, uh, they're in a really fantastic spot today. Yeah, the ammo stacks are healthy right now. I like them a lot. No complaints. Then kind of we go into some gold attachments. Gold barrel stabilizers are gone. No one's really missing them too much. Now we have gold magazines, which 
are major. They are impactful. More impactful than we were expecting, honestly. They really are. And it's not just that they have the cool benefit of auto reloading, but just the fact that they're in the game means that everyone is going to have more ammo capacity mm-hmm. for their guns. Better guns uh, definitely speeds up the game, makes it more fun. Next, the last year of the care package. Um, just to have a little trip down memory lane. Season five, we had the Kraber, Peacekeeper, and Devotion. Kraber is always going to be there. Always has been. Mm -hmm. Season six, kept the PK, swapped out the Devotion for the R99. Season seven, kept the Peacekeeper, swapped out the R99 for the Prowler. Season eight, we kept the same care package with the Kraber, PK, and Prowler. Now, we've seen in the last year using this care package as a balancing tool, um, and it's been a bit awkward, honestly, due to the bit of inconsistency. But the winners and losers here are kind of interesting in terms of who benefited from this care package change. I don't even know. Like, I don't have a clear answer for you on who benefited. What would you say? It's interesting. You know, a lot of people called for the Prowler getting removed from the loot pool. Yeah. You know, Prowler was a really, really strong weapon that mm-hmm. I think was very accessible to average players. It got taken out because the highest level, it was a little too oppressive. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen it stay there for two seasons. Interesting. You know, I think that definitely favors those uh, those upper tier players and the fact that they don't run into it. They're not killed by it. It's going to be interesting to see the future of balancing with the care package if we ever actually see these guns again. Yeah, I, I'm very curious. And then the fact that the PK has been in the care package for... Uh, you know, a year. Um, I think that's a definitely an interesting look too. You mm-hmm. know, we see this Mastiff as kind of swapping places with the Peacekeeper. Um, but that one was an interesting thing, like outside of just like power perspective, just emotional perspective. People had skins. This was like the gun of Apex. Everyone loved the Peacekeeper. It just had the evolved skin come out yeah. as well. Like, yeah, that was crazy. And taken out and really without too much crying. Like mm-hmm. no one really shed a tear for the Peacekeeper. Um, and I think that's very impressive. A year <laughs> interview and like the Peacekeeper didn't even have a funeral. Like people just were moved on. Moved on. Yeah. Didn't even really uh, worry about it. Mm-hmm. Next in the same uh, kind of tier of loot. We have Marvins in the game on Olympus and Explosive Holds on Kings Canyon. Um, and this is just more of just guaranteed gold loot almost. Um, you know, Up on World's Edge, yeah, mm-hmm. we have the cargo bots that you can maybe get gold if you're skilled on the trigger finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these, like, all these new additions, more gold loot, more high-tier loot, um, pretty impactful, I'd say. I think overall increasing the amount of gold loot it's just positive. Like, I'm with it. I don't mind if the enemy has a fully kitted gun because I like having the fully kitted gun myself, personally. That's where I'm at with those changes and boosts over the last year. I'm going to beat you at your best. Yes. And I'm going to be at my best. Exactly. Yeah. Some other kind of small changes we can route through is gold knockdown. Uh, shields were removed from the LGS. Interesting change uh, in terms of uh, gold gear, gold items. Gold backpack gives partial health and shields, all good. Gold helmet, faster cooldowns, and then gold body armor has kind of been through a lot in mm-hmm. terms of now uh, shield cells and syringes heal twice as much. I think the gold gear is in a really fantastic spot right now. It's kind of been through uh, a good amount. I'd look to see kind of maybe what that gold knockdown could look like a year from now. Yeah. 
what could come next from something like that? It was interesting to see that was the first time we ever got something balanced for pro play. That opens the door for that stuff to happen in the next year. But I think they just did a good job with the rest of the gold stuff. I think they just balanced it and it is all more impactful in the way that it's meant to be now. Like it's not overwhelming by any way she performed currently. Before we talk about weapons though, let us tell you about our sponsor, Redesign. Some of our best childhood friends are launching a company in the pre-workout and energy powder industry. They've developed an innovative new product called Dry Scoop, which is designed to be consumed dry like a pixie stick. No more shaker or tub. You don't have to carry it around in your bag. Uh, just a single use sleeve. No muss, no fuss. These energy sleeves are a great way to get hyped up and focused before gaming, and we are excited to see how you all like the idea. For gaming, they taste a lot better than other pre-workouts, and you only need about half a sleeve. They've launched an Indiegogo to promote the product and get it in people's hands. And with our great audience, we've partnered with them to help get them funded. As many of you know, we launched our own merch line last week. Well, we decided to do a collaboration with our friends at Redesign. If you support their third-party podcast tier on Indiegogo, you will try to get their product and receive a free third-party hat for only $30. This is a better deal than what we can offer because our friends are covering all the costs of shipping and everything. It usually costs over $40 to get a third-party hat, but our friends are giving you one for free if you support their tier at only $30 plus their product. It's kind of crazy. All you have to do is follow the link for their Indiegogo in our description, invest in the third-party tier, and then DM us a screenshot of your receipt of your pledge and we'll give you a free code for your hat. We already have ours ordered up. The deal we couldn't even pass up. We'll send you some pictures all soon. <laughs> Let's talk weapons. So we've had some changes over the last year. I think the biggest one uh, that I think of is Rampart really shifted the the weapon pool. The um, LMGs went crazy because of her. Kind of nuts. You know, we had the devotion brought back and mm-hmm. then with that the turbocharger but the spitfire over the last year has just gotten a lot of love mm-hmm. you know if the if bloodhound was the legend of the last year i think the spitfire was really the weapon yep. of 2020 it just kept on getting small tweaks and now is in just a really powerful place but don't let the spitfire overshadow the l star i have been really liking the l star in those mm-hmm. early mid game fights and even on stream we got a win with the L-Star. We did. So, it, it was close, but we got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. Um, but like LMGs are just strong. And, you know, again, Turbocharger coming back with a devotion, having no change from the damage output that mm-hmm. it had when it was deemed, you know, unworthy to be on the ground, had to be put into the care package. Yeah. Um, really strong LMGs uh, have kind of come around in this last year. The other thing that's kind of changed over the last year are the shotguns, and they've really been shaken up. You know, we have the Mastiff dominate last year, uh, but now we got a little nerf very recently, and we'll see where the Mastiff ends up in the coming year. I think the goal was to kind of not have it be equivalent to the Peacekeeper, which I think a lot of people viewed it as, and the Peacekeeper is kind of back to being that dominant shotgun in a way. We also have the Eva 8. It's just been solid, really, really solid. And we'll hopefully have a little bit more limelight now. I mean, Henry's the big EV8 fan over here. Uh, and so I think it's kind of cool to see this gun hopefully looked at as a bit more equivalent to the Mastiff. As the Gibby main, I got to re- represent yeah. the EVA. You know, he's carrying it. I'm mm-hmm. carrying it. Makes sense. 
We also had the Mozambique get a lot of attention, you know, just through takeovers and LTMs, the buff to four shots in season six, and the continued appreciation for Hammerpoint. Actually, just, the Mozam's so fun to use with, with Hammerpoint. I mean, the bullet spread on the Mozam is no joke. I mean, it's pretty consistent. It's not like consistently powerful, mm-hmm. but you know what you're going to get if you're using the Mozam. Yeah. And that's not always guaranteed for someone like the Mastiff. Shotgun's been through a lot this year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the course of this next year. Other weapons, G7, now 3030, and Sniper Life has prevailed in the last year. Triple Take really rose to power in the it last 12 months. insane. The Triple Take took a journey of a gun that I've seen in a long time, and I'm happy with this kind of like longer range meta because I'm glad that I think they made the shift to it in Season 3 with the charge rifle and the introduction of World's Edge, yeah. but now the guns match it a bit more, I think. They really do. The triple take just went on such a journey. Mm-hmm. Choke, you know, increased reload, increased mag size. Like it's such a powerful weapon now. And the G7 and 3030 are, are right there with it. So mm-hmm. it's a very cool uh, last year. I think that's kind of where some of the big weapon focus has been in the last 12 months. Another kind of fun stuff in terms of weapons are the alternator and RE45 continue to creep up in their effectiveness. Mm -hmm. We've now had two kind of big season releases where they got a little bit of love. And Mm -hmm. so they're just continuing to come up, waiting for their day of disruptor rounds. They're They're being a little sneaky, man. When they get disruptors, it's going to be crazy. Uh, It's kind of speaking of disruptors, though, energy weapons, they're pretty healthy right now. You know, energy mags are back and the ammo type offers a unique style to players uh, that kind of pack that punch with the slower rate of fire. Uh, Havoc, maybe not in the healthiest place. It's kind of changed a lot over the last year. Kind of going to be interesting to see what happens with that gun over the next couple of months. Yeah, I think that the energy weapons are just such a unique option, you know, to have in the game. They've been getting that love. I, I love to see it. I love the Volt, love the Devo. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there's a lot of cool stuff to look at in the energy category. Overall, during the last few year, there's been a lot of kind of just big changes that have helped a lot. Do you want to kind of go through some of those for us? Yeah, I mean, having a streamer mode was big. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were really upset that they didn't have it and they got it. Now everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Um Having more ranked points and more preds uh, most recently, that's a that's a pretty big impact to the people that play ranked. And I think that's mostly these above average players. I'm so really it made ex- it easier. Yeah. I'm really excited to see how it turns out over the next year, like how that kind of impacts the flow of ranked play. It'll be really cool. But I think that it, it was made to help those above average ranked players. Mm-hmm. Um, having Steam and Switch yeah. come out, been big over the last 12 months. And then having the ALGS online and really be heavily invested in with the absence of LAN tournaments um, has been big for that competitive scene. You know, it hasn't been the same as LAN, but I think that uh, Apex and Respawn have really tried uh, to make it the best they can be. And overall, the game's doing a lot of great things, healthy things, and the game's now working on stuff like servers and audio. Like they're kind of being more vocal about that stuff. And over the next year, we're just going to see more positive changes. And so when you ask, like, who are the winners and losers in the last year of all these changes? Mm-hmm. Are new players, you know, winning or losing? Are above average players winning or losing? Or are the pros and the sweaty streamers, are they, like, taking home all the gold? Um, you know, 
we look at all these changes. Who, mm-hmm. Who's really winning here? It seems to me that everyone is winning in some way, shape, or form. There is a positive takeaway for everyone. For a long time, we looked at it as, this game's catering to new players. But honestly, since then, there's just been a lot of like little things here and there that kind of make a big impact on the higher level players. And so while the game is shifting to be more easy in a way with kind of how we talked about like, but Evo Armor is kind of the example of, yeah, that makes sense for beginners, but also has an appeal to pros. And there's been a great balance on a lot of these changes and just things added into the game. Yeah, there's been a lot of like universal positive changes, like Steam is great for everyone. Everybody loves having that, you know, more uh, more communication, more friends list, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Horizon is, I think, a really good example of a legend that everyone has really benefited from, no matter what your your skill level is. And so there's been some things that have been focused, but also big universal improvements. And I love to see that the game has just gotten better for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's really been a good thing to look at over the last year. That's Apex in a year. We're going to wrap it up now by rattling off some five-star questions. First one. First one's coming from at, at Winky Face Frog. <laughs> I love your pod, and it's awesome. My question is, how much money have you spent on Apex? Thank you for making your pod. Great question. I'm definitely the heavier spender between the two of us. I would, if I'm just like spitballing something, I've probably spent like 200 plus dollars, like between buying packs from the events is kind of like where I'll go, like I'll probably buy two or three packs each event and then plus the battle pass occasionally. And then just randomly I've spent like, you know, 20 bucks. I felt like buying some packs or something. Uh, but Henry's a bit more on the, uh, controlled side definitely more stingy i think the first battle pass i got was season four Mm -hmm. so for last year i haven't really spent any money but i did buy the battle pass once Mm -hmm. and i've earned it every time so i'm putting in my effort he's making his money's worth i'm going to get him to buy an heirloom soon hsf from australia this is a great podcast i love apex legends thanks for doing this who is the best add-on to apex legends I'm assuming, thanks so much for the reveal. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this question is asking, you know, about the new legends. Yeah. Um, who's been the best addition? That's a hard question. You know, do you start at Octane and go yeah. all the way out? Um, if I'm choosing one, if I'm choosing one, I'm going to unpopularly choose Loba because I think that story that she introduced and the depth that came with it elevated the game for me in a way that I'm more interested than ever because of it. I think that's a pretty good answer. The easy answer is Horizon. Yeah. Um, I think Watson is kind of an outdated answer, mm-hmm. um, except for the fact that she's not. Like, she's still very, very impactful uh, to how ranked is played, how the game is played. And I think that we're going to see kind of a focus on her uh, in the next couple of months. So I think she was a big, big change to the game. I think she remains uh, to be a really big uh, add on to the game last question coming from aunt b huge fan of y'all just wonder what's the easiest way to get a 4k 20 bomb solo queuing we ain't the wow. pros for that one <laughs> yeah i actually have an aunt b so uh, hello <laughs> thanks so much for review glad you're listening um yeah we are not the experts in terms of solo queuing 20 bombs um i can tell you that it's a quite difficult thing to do yeah it's timmy on youtube if you want to watch somebody that's a savage at doing it and pick up some tips, that's who I can recommend. 
Okay. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. Great episode. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to us on Twitch at Third Party Pod and stop by our crazy streams that are going to be coming in the first week of April. Thank you for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>